Hi, I'm Kat. And I'm Emma. If you love the Dead Prank podcast, you can help support its future using the ACAST supporter feature. Now, it's up to you how much you give and there is no regular commitment. So if you can and you want to, please do hit the link in the show description to support now. Thank you. Thank you. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. You're listening to the Dead Parent Club podcast, a podcast designed to open up the conversations surrounding grief and to ensure young grievers feel less alone. I'm Catherine Hooker and I speak with young adults from all over the world whose lives have been impacted from losing a parent at a young age. The good, the bad and the banter. Hi everybody and welcome to another episode of the Dead Parent Club podcast. Um, I just want to start this episode by saying a great big huge thank you to those of you that saw my fundraiser last week and donated or gave me any support. I can honestly say that my heart was so unbelievably full that night and for those of you that don't know what I'm talking about, um, I kind of posted a GoFundMe page on my Instagram and Facebook profiles last week to raise some money to keep running this podcast just to help me fund it basically because I have quite a lot of outgoings to keep it going every month and the support that I got from everybody was just unreal like I was so nervous to put it out there so I was so unbelievably over the moon when people were just so supportive of it and donated you know anything from a couple of pound and some of my listeners donated so much and um yeah I was overwhelmed so thank you thank you um if you do want to donate you know I would be super grateful if you just want to drop me a message or an email to find the link or it's on my profiles that would honestly be amazing because any extra money that I get now is going towards hosting an event to try and minimize any costs there which would be amazing but yeah so I just want to say thank you for that and now to introduce this week's guest um Amber Jeffries she hosts the Grief Gang podcast which I'm sure a lot of you probably listen to yourself if you haven't you'll get a good taste of it now anyway um she's amazing we had a great discussion we talked about her story we discussed friendships relationships finding positivity in your grief not letting your grief define you and as this episode is called we talk about how grief has taught her to grab life by the fucking balls um which i absolutely love just because life is so precious so i hope you all really enjoy this episode you can 
get in touch with Amber in the show notes. I've left those details there and what her podcast is called as well. So you can listen to that if you fancy it. But yeah, thank you so much for listening and I hope you enjoy. Thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. Um, thank you for asking. It's all right. I'm really excited to record this. And also, I am um, like, I've listened to a few of yours and I love your kind of like cutthroat vibe, like mm-hmm. purely honest, just straight to the point, which is, you know, exactly what I feel like a lot of us need in the old grief industry. Mm-hmm. Um, is that right? The grief, yeah. the grief industry? The grief, you know, <laughs> the grief. <laughs> isn't it it's strange do you know what it's like a little world isn't it I absolutely love it yeah um so I think everyone's gonna enjoy this and one of the things that I kind of like the most is that I can direct people to your podcast as well that listen to my may not have found yours yet which is pretty buzzing um so the world is your oyster guys if you're listening there are numerous podcasts out there to listen to if you love talking about greed But don't pie me off because I'll come you know, off. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I said, we can all eat at this table. <laughs> um, so, Amber, if you'd like to introduce yourself firstly. Indeed. Okay, so hello, everybody. Um, my name is Amber Jeffrey. Um, I am a 22 year old woman. I thought I was 21 still then. Oh my God, sad. I was about to say 21. So, yikes. Um, I am from Berkshire. I live with my dad in Wokenham, but I spend majority of my time really at my boyfriend's house in Staines, so just on the outskirts mm-hmm. of London. And what I do for my my boring job, um, <laughs> not really. I love my job. I work for Virgin Atlantic. I work as a. Um, ground staff agent so I get to wear my red get to wear my Vivian Westwood oh. yes I get the benefits which is the only reason why I'm there and I'm joking <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. and um and yeah on my side or what I hope and pray to be my main hustle is I run the grief gang podcast whoop, whoop. <laughs> that is me, that is me. <laughs> <laughs> um so you're on insta facebook yeah. obviously all the podcasting streaming platforms mm-hmm. the whole shebang right yeah yeah so what made you want to start a podcast then so oh, it's me slurping on my wine if you can hear that oh stunning <laughs> nice. on in, a bit of rosé <laughs> <Tuesday night drink. laughs> honestly every night is a drink for me i'm definitely you know what i mean um so the reason why my podcast, so I thought, okay, I'm going to start it. So I've always sort of had a, a love for podcasts, but I wouldn't say like a, a deep, deep running, like, oh, I want to start my own one day, but don't know mm. what. Um, and mm. so, yeah, so um, my mum passed away in 2016, June 2016. And so, so last June was three years. Yeah. So yeah. last year was probably the most, detrimental year of my life in terms of eye openers in terms of life-changing events it really knocked me for six I was probably at my lowest point of my life and in my grief journey yet um yeah I'd left my family home in April like with my so I I lived with my brother his partner and my nephew and that just all went to shit so I left there like very abruptly like went to my dad's house and just 
like everything was just up in the air I was so unsettled yeah I didn't really know where is home right now I'm dealing with drama with my brother I'm dealing with my own fucking demons in my head um mm. I was falling out with everybody who loved me absolutely everybody I was just pushing and pushing and pushing everybody and it got to a point of like July coming into August and August is my mum's birthday and my mum's birthday was on August 24th it was my mum's birthday and had a major major blowout with my mum's side of the family and it was then where I just went get your shit together Amber get your shit together and I thought I'm so sick of living this toxic life and then I was yeah. like, right, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna reach out for the help. So I went down looking down like the counselling route and stuff like mm. that. So I looked at NHS and obviously NHS bless them, they had like a massive waiting list. I just thought oh, I, God, yeah. I thought I need help and I need it now. And I'm sorry, yeah. but I don't have the time to wait. Quite frankly, I want to die. Like I don't, I don't have eight weeks to wait for somebody to meet somebody, and then you know maybe yeah. wait another eight weeks for it to finally start working type of thing. I thought I need help, I need yeah. it now. So I was like, okay, scratch NHS out the list. Then I was like, all right, okay, let's look at going private. Private, obviously, an mm. arm and a leg. Um, yep. <laughs> again, it's sort of a thing of okay, I'm going to fork out four hundred quid for an hour session, but what if I don't vibe with this girl or this man or whatever? You're telling me I'm going to be now four hundred fucking quid deep, and I'm fucking, and I'm still feeling like shit. Um, yeah. <laughs> literally and I was like so I'm broke and I'm fucking sad like great yeah. um, and then I was like right okay like let me look at online I thought you know we're a, we're an era now where everything is at the touch of a button and everything like that let me look at online I ideally wanted to go face to face because I'm one of them you know I think all humans like that oh yeah face interaction oh, 100%. I thought okay if I can't get that I'm gonna have to look at online so I looked at online mm. and um I said before in one of my podcasts, I said, like, it is literally like being on Tinder and, like, you swipe through these therapists and counsellors and you're like, no, 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 don't like her (laughs) face. She don't look nice. He looks like a creep. Like, I was, like, like, swiping (laughs) through him, like, nah, you ate my cup of tea. Um, And then I finally found one and I was like, fuck it, let's go for it. Um, And dropped her a message and she dropped one back saying, okay, Amber, um in a brief paragraph, tell me what you would like from counselling, da-da-da-da. So I did, oh, I said, literally, yes. I was like, all right, okay. I was like, can you fucking fix my bank account? Like, I was like, what do I want? <laughs> <laughs> I just thought, oh my God, you're going to be my fairy godmother because I really need you right now. So I did, I yeah. got another message back and then it was almost like an automated message. It was awful. And I remember, I remember obviously going for that leap of faith of being like, do you know what? I'm going to swallow my pride and I'm actually going to reach for help. It's something all we humans struggle with actually being like, it's okay to ask for help. And I finally did it. And then when this lady responded back to me and said, okay, Amber, if you'd like to continue the sessions, it will be either 200 pounds up front or 50 (sighs) pounds a month. I was literally like, literally I thought, oh my God, I remember feeling so, I remember feeling so like embarrassed of myself because I thought, oh my God, I've actually... I've actually bit the bullet and I've gone for it and I've gone, I've I've admitted defeat basically. And then I get that back in my face and I thought, fuck this. Yeah. And then I was like, right. Okay. I thought this is in no way slating counseling because I'm actually thinking about um, sort of going through it again. 
with hormone mm. therapy and I'll, I'll drop that later because I really like this this page that I found but it really I really thought no don't let this you know deter you Amber keep looking for one but it was just sitting in the back of my head and I just thought this isn't it for me and counselling doesn't work for everybody I feel like it's very much a thing of um trying to word this right like counselling fix fixes everybody and sometimes sometimes it doesn't but then for the people that it doesn't it's like well what do you do now and that's where I was I thought fuck I've experienced I've I've explored like all options and I've now done the final option of counselling and it's not worked. I am now down oh, shit creek. I'm now down fucking shit creek. So I thought, right. And then it was honestly like an epiphany moment. I remember just being there and I just went, I'm going to start a podcast for people like mm. me in situations mm. like me. And if it helps me, amazing. And even more, if it helps other people, fantastic. Yeah. And the, the rest is history. It's been absolutely amazing. And I remember I went into it with the, with the idea of no like I want to help other people and then it took my dad to say to me he went I really think Ams this is this is actually helping you so much and it truly yeah. has and in, in a sense of it's calmed me down like I, when I tell you I was be off the rails like if conflict loved it like I was mm. there for it now it's just I turn my face away to it. It's changed me in so many ways. <laughs> like, if a bitch, girl, you grown. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, if a bitch want to throw hands, we can throw hands. But like, <laughs> but in a sense of in my own growth, in my own journey, it has put me at so much peace. And that's not even to be like other people's stories make me think, oh god, you know what? I've got it better. Not at all. It's just a thing of yeah. people who are grieving, people who I've come across. We are stuff made of solid gold like we are we are the tough tough shit and to know that there's this online community when I first went onto Instagram I thought oh I wonder if I'll be like many people like me like doing this and stuff like that and when I found there so people I thought finally I thought Mm -hmm. it's like a breath of fresh air I was like oh my god like this is it like yeah oh my god it was so relieving and to just start messaging people and like I spend half my time like my grief gang Instagram rather than I do my own personal oh god yeah yeah because (laughs) people on my grief gang Instagram and whatnot like that they just get me and they just it's like it's meaningful interaction right honest to god and it's not just mind-numbing fucking influence and Mm -hmm. shit like that and I just adore it and I I'm so happy I bit the bullet and I did it. I was there was so much mm. doubt in the beginning of Starseed because I just thought, is there even a market for this? Um, and in fact, of yeah, duh, of course there is a market for this. There is death all around us. There is grief. Everybody is going to grief. Of course, Amber, there is a bloody market for it. Yeah. And people are going to want it and need it and whatever. Um, but yeah, the response of how many was like whoa <laughs> this is crazy yeah. and I, I adore yeah. it I, I see myself doing it for the rest of my life it is amazing it's um me and Sam started ours in October 2017 wow um and so at that point it was two years after my mum had died mm. and it is three years after Sam's dad had died and we were like best friends but we were kind of we were so close because our parents had died yeah. like that's why we were so close exactly. and we were like oh my god like we're giving each other so much comfort imagine if 
other people out there could also find comfort yeah. in these conversations yeah. that we have exactly and feel this so yeah so we were sat there and we were like oh what should we do and Sam just went let's do a podcast so I was like mm. yeah we chat shit let's just chat shit into a microphone <laughs> you know what I mean <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and then then we were like what we're going to call it and me and Sam always called ourselves the dead parent club we always yeah. said oh we're part of the DPC and um and like it's quite like a you know a bit of a brutal name but at the end of the day if you're part of the DPC you're, you're part of the it. DPC like, <laughs> you, you, you know don't you, you? Know like I mean? you're gonna there's no way you're around g- it to sugarcoat it you are part yeah. of it hun, and that's it yeah so like we were like fuck it let's just call <laughs> it that people are gonna know who we are straight away um and yeah it, the response has been obviously amazing and to still be doing it like a year yeah year and like four months on the line is mega so i reckon yours are just going to grow like a rose as well oh, which I is super so. exciting i hope so and yeah. um that's the thing about going back to like saying like the brutality of it do you know what it is for so many years i had to like think thinking of like brutality and honesty mm. and like grief and stuff um i had so many people in my life even the closest people to me who would just tiptoe around me and just not really tell me yeah. what, what. And um, if there's one bit of feedback that when I always get back and I think, oh, that is, that's what this is about. If people say to me, your brutal honesty is what, is what makes it. It's because it's, yeah. I am going to tell you to be a dick. Like, cause that's <laughs> the day. Um, just because we're grieving doesn't mean we're not dickheads as well. Um, and it took me a long time to realize that too that actually do you know what I am being a bit of a dick and I'm actually yeah. using my grief card a lot and I really shouldn't be yeah. and you know what? No, you know what I mean I better check myself before I fucking wreck myself so mm. um yeah so I think when I think some people when they listen to it and they hear me sort of say like home truths like that they don't like it and that's when they tur- turn it off <laughs> and then some people are like yeah like you're actually speaking some truth there and you're telling me something that not not a lot of people or nobody has ever said to me before and that's the whole point of it to be like just just check yourself (laughs) check yourself before you wreck yourself yourself, honest to god literally (laughs) i said i did this kind of said something similar the other day i did a podcast about friendships and stuff Mm. um and i and i was like at one point you know when you're kind of expecting your friends to reach out to you at one point you have to think am I the problem here am I the reason why I haven't got these friends around me anymore because I've been using my dead parent card for so long to like not reach out to people and expect them to reach out to me that now they're doing what any other normal person would do and just being like well I've tried fuck you yeah exactly and yeah friendships when I first started the page that was the first thing I remember I want to tackle this and I remember I did a podcast episode and I broke it down to three parts and Mm. I remember thinking I remember I did one big one and I remember listening back to it and I was like nah forget that I'm gonna scrap it I'm gonna break this into three because there's too much to actually cover here like friendships and grief like insane and I remember I did the first one sort of like um what was the first one the first one was like directed to a grieving person so I yourself me sort of being like yeah I remember the the few key points I remember I made made a point of it I remember thinking this is a bit touchy again don't know if people gonna like the brutal honesty of being guess what your friends aren't fucking mind readers so if you want your friend to do something or you want to let your friend know how you're feeling 
honey, you're going to have to let them know. Because um, <laughs> especially as well at the age of what, well, especially when I lost my mum, I was 19 and my friends were the same age yeah. too. We yeah, me too. Exactly. With the, our friends don't understand things of, you know, tapping into emotion and, you know, sort of reading <laughs> between the lines. Like, um, you know, as we are now, like, it's just sort of like, you know, as I've got older, obviously you, you you tap into your friends' vibes and their energy, and you know, actually they're being a bit off. Let me check in with them. But when you're a 19 year old girl, yeah. unless your friend is fucking sobbing in front of you, you're gonna be like, Yeah, she's sweet. Like you just sort of <laughs> and you, at the end of the day, you've got bigger things in your head, like going to the club on the weekend or your boyfriend is out, yeah. you know, cheating on you, whatever. Like you've got bigger things to think about, and like your just priorities are different. So I remember when at first episode and I said yeah guess what guys your friends aren't fucking mind readers so if you want them to know something you need to tell them um mm-hmm. and sort of and sort of things like that like and then and then I did another episode on sp- sort of speaking directly to the friends and being like um you know reach out to your friend even if it's just something simple as just like a heart emoji in a text it little goes yeah. a long way because guess what it makes me know that you're thinking of me throughout your busy day. It's yeah, my new it's better thing. to acknowledge than say nothing at you know all. I mean, and I love them episodes. Um, and I noticed that they've got quite a few like reviews on it and stuff. People like that, but um, friends is it's a messy, messy game with grief, and especially being young, where you are at an age where you're trying to figure out who you are as well. Um, so speaking from the grieving person, you know, like um. I was when I was lost my mum and I thought, oh my God, like that time when I lost my mum, I remember I was 19, my birthday's in May, mum died in June. And um, and the month of May was absolutely sweet. And my, my boyfriend took me to Paris for my birthday. Um, I passed my driving test. I just got my new job at the airport with Emirates. Like these three amazing things nice. in my life. Like my life was beginning to pave its way. And I was like, I remember going to myself, something's got to give. And lo and behold, less than a month later, my mum bloody dies. (laughs) And it was like... Classic. You know, fucking classic. And it was like, are you joking me? And then throw in that with my friends, they they don't know what to do with this. I'm the first person they have ever encountered who has ever in, in mm-hmm. their own, in, especially in their own personal bubble, who has experienced something like this. They don't know what the yeah. fuck to do either. We're just running around like fucking blind mice. Um, yeah. And it's I truly really believe sometimes things they have to fall apart to come together again. So I could I lost my whole friendship circle. I was part of like a big girl gang. Um, like ride or dies and shit like that or four anyway um and I remember um I yeah like I said you had to reflect and go actually am I was I the one who actually you know did all this and we all had a part to play but you know you start thinking you start self-reflecting and oh my god did I really you know give them the tools to actually say no Amber enough is enough now and um and for a good nine months, I remember our friendship was just like dead. It was just it. A lot of it was more um, obligation, like meeting up and talking. Like the spark had gone, oh, the banter had gone. Um, and then I remember it was like yeah, nine months after. I remember being like with one, like with my bestest bestest friend who I'd really really rocked the boat with. I remember saying to her, 
I either want it all or nothing. I'm not doing this fake shit anymore. I'm not doing this. Oh, let's pretend we're friends and meet up for coffee once a week and be really fake. Either we go back to how we are or we don't at all. And then she's Mm. like, okay, well, I can't. I said, fine. And then unfortunately the rest of the group, um, follow oh. well and I remember for but I think that I always knew that would have been the outcome but for so yeah. long I didn't do that because I knew what would happen and it was yeah. rough it was so rough like my boyfriend was my best friend for like six months and like I did nothing absolutely nothing um but then like fast forward to now like my friend I don't even have a friendship circle I have friends for different things and yeah and I- so more I'm so much more happier and healthier in those relationships I have so much more confidence in my friendships now so much more happiness and the funny thing is with it there's there's like one or two friends who actually like knew my mum and were there around like when my mum died and through the grieving process and then I've also got friends who um weren't there during that time but they've actually been some of the most supportive friends throughout it. And they're like, and they're the ones who I can actually be most open with and speak about mum most freely with. And it's the strangest thing. And I just think, um, how can I feel so open with you? But yet, you know, a different friend who was there throughout it all, I don't feel that not that connection but that free flowing talk of yeah I'm going to talk about mum whatever but um I'm in a way I'm fucked as it sounds I'm so happy that things did fall apart with my friends back then to to make me actually appreciate friendship now and appreciate a good friend when you've got it you change though don't you when you're when you're grieving that's the thing like and the person that you know the person that you were friends with before exactly. that was a different you exactly. was with them and you need to kind of find your tribe again I think Definitely. after um after the loss of somebody and you know I've got I've got my kind of girl group at home mm. um and they're all like absolutely amazing but I've also got a few people who I probably would never have been as close to if it weren't for the fact that my mum had died exactly. um and I can you know I can be a little bit more kind of I can speak about my mum more with them and stuff yeah. and that's the kind of the special kind of and I think that's sort of like that's not even like um no disrespect to the friends that you can't talk with so like Mm. I think um I think some friends they may struggle so yeah so say if um say if yeah me and you are best mates and I've not lost my mum and you have uh, but then you've got a friend who does um and you know you can find in that friend more as that other friend, I'm going to be like, no, yeah, like 100%. Like, they have a connection that, you know, I will never be able to understand um, and completely respect that. And that's where you've got to be quite, oh, what's the word, like transparent with your friends and be like, babe, please don't take offence, like, if you feel like I'm, you know, confiding in that other friend more than I am with you. Yeah. Like, this is something, you know, quite fortunately for you, you don't get it. So, but doesn't make me love you any less, doesn't make you respect you any less. Like we are still equally as great of friends as I am great friends with her or him. 
just we've got this shitty shitty connection <laughs> yeah <laughs> actually I mean do you find that kind of like with your boyfriend as well yes like, yeah that's they're amazing and you can rely on them and all that but they you know you can't talk about it in the same way that you can with somebody else oh God, that yeah. has gone through what you've gone through yeah. like it's just it's just one of those it things is. like they yeah. might you know, <laughs> But it's, it's difficult yeah, relationship. No, totally, yeah. And that with even like, so I think my boyfriend, uh, we were together three years. So he knew he my mum very, wow. very well. Um, yeah, and definitely. bless him, like he carried her coffin and everything like that. They were very, very close. Oh. So um, I remember for a long, long time, like I battled with myself. I remember there was times I would lay in bed and I'd literally want to say to him, just say something about mum just I don't know a story or just something that is you know weighing heavy on my heart and I remember it was literally like cat got your tongue and I remember I was literally going to say like uh, 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 and it just wouldn't come out and I remember thinking oh my god like I can't talk to my boyfriend about my mum who he was mm. so close with like that's not right like what's going on and then we just sat down we sat we sat down multiple times I just want to feel like it just say I'm feeling a little bit reserved and then he was so closed off blessing with it all like he didn't cry until um the actual funeral day that was the first time I saw yeah. him cry and that was a good like three weeks between the day she died and the day he buried her so um you know we sat down and he was like babe like I'm grieving too like I loved your mum like I adored her Aww. and it was only then that I realized oh my god he's been trying to keep his shit together for me and it's not him being you know um insensitive and not grieving for mum and because it was longer I thought he doesn't care you know it's not his mum who died at the end of the day he's still got his mum and whatever it was the fact of mm. he's actually grieving so hard and he's grieving for me too and he's trying to be that support mm. system um but at the same time it's eating away at him and it was like it was it affected our relationship so badly but um yeah it, like now to this day like we just to make that conscious even though how like awkward and uncomfortable it is like the last sort of thing I remember and I because my boyfriend he's a very um like a blunt type of dude like he's just he says I can imagine that you'd need that oh my god literally we are are such in some ways we're such polar opposites he'll literally turn to me and be like you're chatting so much shit and I'm like oh rude <laughs> but um he he's definitely like my medium adore him and um we went to her grave in December last year and um we did it all fresh flowers and whatever and that sort of occasion in itself we normally do it in silence um um I don't know is, is your mum buried or was she cremated she was cremated and then yeah. we kind of spread her ashes where yeah. we spread her mum's ashes and where some of their family members yeah. are so and it's a very like the the place of rest whenever we go with I go with my brother or family we tend to do it in silence there's not a lot of words said and when we did it in December out of nowhere he just went oh she's the best looking here isn't she and I looked across literally and I looked across and went like I know it's beautiful and I was like because for him as well he just stands there hands me the flowers hands me the scissors to cut them and whatever and we just do it clean it get on with it and go and it was a beautiful oh. december day and the sun was shining and like it is horrible like the the grave um the cemetery that my mum is in like some of the graves that haven't been seen to in years and 
mm-hmm. it made me stop and look at her graven amongst all the others and I was like yeah she is isn't she and he was like yeah and we just left and I was That's like so literally it was just such a lovely moment I was just like oh like it is so hard for a, a partner and that's when I when yeah. I did that episode. I did an episode with him, and um, oh wow, yeah. And it was I'd like to do another one with him, sort of like a follow up and stuff like that. But um, to sort of hear things from his perspective, because mm. at the end of the day, it is all you know, me, me, me. I'm the grieving daughter. I'm whatever, yeah. and yeah. you know, I'm the star of the show. But for him, he has his own grief journey too. He's not only grieving for my mum, but he's in a way he's said to ourselves before he's grieving for his old girlfriend because I'm not that same girl I am not the same girl kudos to you guys for staying together Mm. like I know that's a weird thing to say but I think it's been hard yeah yeah puts the biggest pressures on relationships Mm. so I think that's a huge testament to him Mm. you know and to you like that's amazing and it's so nice that he knew her so well I think that's so special yeah definitely and I think yeah, like it would be. I know, I know a lot of people who have sort of reached out to me, and they say it's quite hard. Like, say if they get in new relationships or a relationship after mm. X Y Z has died in their life, and you know they've got all these feelings, all these memories, all these stories that they just want to talk to them about, but obviously this person doesn't has you know yeah. zero connection to them. Um, yeah, but that's not to say that it can't be done. Um, as long as you know if your partner is willing to you know get to know whoever died in your life as you know mm-hmm. through your stories through your memories through whatever like the only person so I can think of in my life who doesn't know mum is my nephew but I know a shadow of a doubt that that little boy and any child to follow will know mum um and they will yeah. know the stories they will know the laugh they will know it all because we will drill it into them so healthily and so happily and talk of nanny sue and whatever Mm. all the time um ryan reynolds here from Mint mobile with the price of just about everything going up during inflation we thought we'd bring our prices down so to help us we brought in a reverse auctioneer which is apparently a thing Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. It's just I'm going to be in a really in a really uh, similar situation soon because my brother is going to have his first baby oh. with his girlfriend soon um next month well this month actually which is yeah, it's really exciting but you know there's always that massive shadow on it yeah, on it anything is. now isn't there and you know I'm but I'm excited to kind of help that child get to know 100%. his mind and you will be are you have you got are you going to be the only auntie 
Um, yes, you I are. will. Oh my actually. god, we're literally in the same, but honestly, being the only auntie is fucking great. Um, you got there's no competition, you are top dog, like, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, honestly, god, like, um, with my nephew, and yeah, I'm gonna be an auntie again in July, they're due again. Oh. Um, and it's, I feel like it's like, yeah, like my mission, even with my own children, you know god help you know when i do have them one day um oh my god that uh, terrifies me i know isn't it me too i was like oh my god thought of me with a child yeah. hell no um <laughs> but um it is our mission to let them know even my nephew when he was like nine months old he would like you have in, the, in their house they have like a little corner with pictures of mom and stuff like that i remember he would toddle over mm. his chubby belly and um he'd look at it and he'd just like babble away to it and it was I was yeah I'd just be like this child just like he knows mum already and it completely depends about you if we believe in the spiritual realm and stuff like that and whatever but I I've said it before I truly believe that children that are born after such a tragedy and such a trauma and such a loss they are stuff made of angels like my nephew saved my life literally like honestly like my nephew saved my life and like he will always be my fave niece or nephew like so to the, <laughs> the next kid that comes along but that little boy will always hold a special place in my heart because he just he mended me like do you know what yeah. it's, it's their purity and their and their innocence to the world mm. just um we sit there and even if he sees like on oh, my car keys I've got a picture of mum on my car keys and he'll just sit and look at it and it's just like you never met her but you know you I say this a lot I feel like when you lose a parent you have a big hole and then all these like little things come oh, along and just start patching up the hole yeah, a little, little patchwork isn't it and it looks a bit dodgy yeah. and it looks a bit shit but yeah but it works. <laughs> it's working isn't it it's, it, it fills that hole and yeah little little blessings in our family's lives and like that they definitely help that for sure oh amazing um I've just noticed that we've literally gone through all of this and nobody even knows what your story is we digress <laughs> okay right I'll keep it short simple uh, any I'll die by whatever you want me to um so yeah going back to a little bit earlier yeah so my mum <laughs> My lovely Marge. Uh, my mum's name was Susan Jeffrey, maiden name Valentine. What a lush last name. I know. Oh, I love that. Literally, isn't it? Valentine. I could have been Amber Lily mm. Valentine. Oh, to die oh. for. I know. What a gorgeous name. Oh, it's stunning. Literally stunning, isn't it? And unfortunately, my parents got married and I became a Jeffrey. Well. Uh. <laughs> but um, yeah, my mum's name, yeah, marital name, Jeffrey. Um, what's it called? Maiden name Valentine. Um my mum was, I wouldn't go as far as saying fit as a fiddle, but she didn't live an unhealthy life. She um, drank occasionally, didn't smoke, walked our dog twice a day on lengthy walks. And for some benign reason, on the 24th of June 2016, she had a heart attack. And um, oh, yeah, it was the most like out of the blue thing of my entire life. So I was here at my boyfriend's house. I remember I was living out of home at the time because, like I said earlier, I just got my big airport job and my boyfriend mm. lived actually closer to the airport than I did at my 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 family home. So I was staying yeah. at his mall whilst I was doing my training. So this was the Friday, the 24th of June, and um, 
got up in the morning, I was working a late shift. I was thinking working like a 5 p.m. to a 9 p.m., whatever. So me and my boyfriend, remember, we decided we were going to go to Westfields in London for the day. Oh, nice. Yeah, it started out a great day. started out a great day. Hmm. And um, for some reason, I got a Facebook message from one of my mum's colleagues saying, Amber, called the police. And I was like, odd. Yeah, what's this about? So then I replied back, why? She was like, it's to do with your mum. I remember the first thing I thought of was, oh, my God, what has she done? she's done something like this is nowhere the other way around like what's happened to her she has done something so I was like what the fuck's going on and she's like give me your number they will call you so I'm actually quite chill at this point like I remember being like process to bail her out or whatever like, I don't know <laughs> get the bail money <laughs> and, yeah. then, and then the an unknown number called me I said, hello, is this Amber Jeffrey? I said, yes, yes, what's what's wrong? What's going on? And the police have said, you know, take a seat, don't panic, but your mum's had a heart attack. And I was like, great one, mate, because I'm going to fucking panic, aren't I? Like, yeah. so then I remember, and I'm, I'm sat on the bed, I'm looking at my boyfriend, and he's going to me, Amber, what's going on? What's going on? I remember just, just not saying a word and then just going all tingly all over and going really numb. And then... He said, okay, we're going to send a car to come and pick you up and take you to Wexham Park Hospital where she was. So I was like, okay, all right. And that wait was probably only about 20 minutes, but it felt like hours. And I remember pacing up my boyfriend's drive being like, where on earth is this guy, man? Like, oh, my God, like my mum is potentially dying right now. Um, finally picked us up. We get to the hospital. Um, my brother, I tried to reach my brother during this time, but he wasn't picking up. But um, his partner got through to him in the end, and we were both there at the air, um, airport. <laughs> the airport. <laughs> the hospital at the same time. Um, and then, sort of throughout the day. So then, yeah, in the morning time, it was, um, yeah, she was now there about like 9 45, 10, and we're all there now. And then, um, the doctor came in and was like okay like we've stabilized her now would you like to go and see her so we did and um one of the most sort of uh defining moments for me realizing this is bad was we we're walking through a and e and we walked past um they like color code the areas didn't they so you've got like yellow, yeah. green blue and then obviously red is critical and we went past yeah. all the other colors and we got to red and she was in there and they were being like before I even saw her, I just remember being, she's in the red section. Like, I mean, I'm no doctor, but yeah. she's in the red section. Like, this is bad. Um, we yeah. walked in and she was just hooked up to every wire, everything. And I remember just looking at her and then people just running around her, like, chaotic. And it was actually like, like Holby City. And it was like, what? And yeah. the doctor was just, t- he was telling me what happened and what is her current situation, saying, like, there was a lot, she had a heart attack, there was a lot of fluid on her chest and it was going one ear and out the other. And I was just looking at him, looking at my mum, looking at my brother, like, what the fuck is going on? Um, I bet it was like an out-of-body experience. Oh, it really was. And I'm just staring at people and they're talking at me, but I'm just not hearing them. And I was like, oh my God, like, what the fuck is going on? I said, someone just give me a fucking cigarette, please. Like... <laughs> I just need a fag. Um, and everybody rose, please. <laughs> um, and then they eventually moved her down to the intensive care unit. 
And then just throughout that whole afternoon into the evening, it was just they stabilized her. She was in an induced coma. Um, and then throughout the whole evening, all friends and family just came down. Um, I sort of said to everybody, if you want to say something, now is the time. Like, if you've got something you want to get off your chest or, you know, if you don't know when you're next going to see her, whatever, like, now is the time. Yeah. I'm not fucking around. Like, this ain't no, oh, no, I'll see her tomorrow. No, if you want to come see her tonight is the night. And it was insane. Yeah. The amount of people that came down, like, that waiting room was full with with all of our lot. Like, it was just absolutely insane. Um, And then we had a meeting with the doctors that night and the doctors bear in mind during this time I had prepared myself of mum is going to die and that's that um yeah not give yourself any glimpse of hope Amber she will die prepare yourself now and I did didn't for ages and um we met with the doctors one night so it was me and my brother and so my mum's side of the family and um doctor sat there and he was talking he said okay so the plan of action is um Thursday next week so when he said Thursday next week I went oh glimpse of hope okay yeah like you're saying next week that's really good he said Thursday next week we will try to in um induce her like off um her breathing machines and see if she can breathe on Mm. her own um so it was like right okay the doctor's thinking ahead like this is good okay yes then yeah we're gonna try and uh, take her off the breathing machine slowly but surely um and he says but just to let you know that if she is able to cope um without the breathing machines she probably will live a life of a vegetation state yeah i'm looking at my brother being like nah like no way like our mum was larger than life like absolutely no way because she lived in a vegetation state and I remember her sisters and what I was sitting mm. there and they were like they were almost like pre-planning they were like okay well if that happens then she will come and live at home and with us bear in mind they live in Norfolk and I was like fuck no she ain't um yeah I was like oh yeah. the fuck no she ain't um Mm-hmm. And everyone's, I, I'm just looking around this room and everybody is sort of like buzzing a little bit. And everyone's like, okay, except for me and my brother, like we're just sort of keeping it real. And then um, the yeah. doctor was like, it's around. He said, um, I said to him, I said, so like, what is the chances of her actually just, you know, living and making it to Thursday next week? And he was like, well, you know, miracles can happen. I remember in yeah in that moment oh, that little glimpse of hope that I had like five minutes prior was just like evaporated. I said, I remember looking and being like, doctor. I said, I don't need miracles. I said, I need statistics. I need numbers. And if you're telling me to wish on a miracle, then that ain't it. And then yeah, then the next yeah. morning, so then me and my brother went home, and her sister stayed with her during the night, and um me and my partner were driving back in the morning. My brother had gone earlier, and um my boyfriend he was a passenger, and he got a phone call from my sister in law and he was just like, "Yep, yep, okay, and hung up, and he didn't look at me once while he was talking, and I just knew she died. I just had this sixth sense that she died i just yeah I just felt like she just wasn't like on this earth anymore and um I, I said to him I said yeah. is everything okay and he just wouldn't look at me he was looking out the windshield and he's like he's like yep yeah, just get to the hospital and I just knew and I was just like fuck it pedal it um got to the hospital like threw me fucking Ford K in this car park space like probably the most awful parking of my life jumped out the car 
running down the hospital corridor and I remember being like I can't run fast enough like I'm trying and trying but my feet won't go any faster and I turned left down where the ICU corridor is and I just saw like my mum's side of the family with their heads bowed down and my sister-in-law was walking towards me and she was just shaking her head and she was like she's gone she's gone I remember just being, I remember this wail, oh. absolute wail just came out of my mouth. And I remember thinking I like, I like threw mm. my phone against the fucking wall and like smashed it and shit like that. And then I bolted into the family room where my brother was and just, we just held each other. And then it was just like, what? And then again, people are talking at me, but it's, I'm just looking at them, but nothing is going in. Um, and so, yeah, she'd had another heart attack that morning and where her body was just so weak from the one prior, her body yeah. just couldn't take it. Um, so then the doctor was like, okay, like we've, you know, we've cleaned her up and whatnot and whatever, like if you want to come and see her. So I was like, wow, like this is mental. Like, I'm going to go see one, a dead body for the first time in my life um, and let it, let it be, you know, my mum. And one key point yeah. for me that really made it real was so the night before when I kissed her goodnight I kissed her goodnight and you know her body was still warm and she smelled like mum and just had that mum smell and stuff like that mm. so then when I went into the room to see her um you know we're just all inconsolable I went with my my brother and my auntie and my brother's I remember just standing by her bed and just looking at her my brother's hugging her kissing everybody just touching her and then um I remember I hugged and I kissed her and then I just remember feeling her cold body and her smell was gone yeah. and that's when I yeah that's yeah. when I lost my shit yeah. you know I don't know I can describe it as you know like dogs I don't know it sounds so bad but like dogs you know, they, they scent mm. you know you're a pack you're a team you're a pack and mm. I, I felt yeah. like a little dog like sniffing you know their mummy dog and whatever and you know their scent isn't there anymore and being like oh yeah. no like why why can't I smell why am I not having that home comfort why can't I feel the warmth of your skin like and like I looked at her nails and they'd already started getting that awful like you know that black little tinge you know where just will see light yeah and the skin's all yellow and stuff awful and I remember that's when I lost it and I screamed and I screamed and then in that moment this just, just freaks me to this day still and um above her bed there was like some window panels and um it was yeah, it was June so it's a sunny sunny time of year and um we looked up through those window panes and literally the sun just came beaming in just onto her bed and it was like such a moving and powerful moment and my auntie turned around and was like she's making her way up there now and it was like, mm. oh my god! Like it gets me choked. You really hold on to stuff like that, don't you? Like, I feel like you need, you need it to survive. Oh like god, just those those little moments yeah. of like, yeah, like oh my god, she I, is making it. I feel, feel like before it happens to you, you think it sounds like silly or like, yeah, oh yeah, that fake, doesn't happen. Yeah. Once it happens to you, like you really have but to grab do, all of that. And, like, and they're such precious moments, and then. So, yeah, so like that's that's a very key moment for me. And then after that, bit of a blur, just um, but lots of people piling in and coming in and saying their goodbyes and their respects and stuff like that. Um, and then, yeah, just since then, we went back to the house. A lot of family and friends came over that evening and we all just got fucked up, I think. Um, 
<laughs> and then yes, and then yeah, it was a very long time to wait to bury her. So she wanted to always be buried in Norfolk, where she was originally born and raised, and where her mum okay. was buried as well. So we always had we had a plot yeah. ready anyway. So that sort of hard bit was out the window. Um, but because her body also had to be transported there, you had to wait for like the courier or whatever to come and get us. So we had to wait like three weeks. So she died on twenty fifth of June. We buried on the fifteenth of July. Um, that's a long it time is, isn't it it was a long long time to mm. think about things and let things stew over it was almost as if like we sort of got back to a normalish pattern but then it was like yeah. hang on actually our mum is still down in the fucking funeral care down the road Oof. so it was like you're sort of making those necessary steps to just okay let's start this grieving journey but yeah. I've still got to go through another awful day um, yeah and yeah her funeral day it was lovely it was a lovely day it was a lovely sunny July day um two of my mum's best friends read me and my brother read at a funeral um yeah it was a lovely day a really lovely send-off and yeah the rest is history it's been an absolute bloody journey since then <laughs> yeah literally nobody can prepare you for it can they like I think you know no matter what like like for me I I kind of I'd been told my mum had terminal cancer and she died within like two years of getting that Mm. diagnosis but that doesn't make it any more real like you literally don't think it's actually going to happen and there's nothing more traumatizing I don't think than seeing somebody that you love so much dead like it's horrible um but I think I love the fact that you've gone through like a similar journey afterwards to like what me and Sam did Mm. and you found you found an outlet for it because you're obviously such a positive like vibey person and (laughs) I'm just you literally are like I'm so glad that you know this that everything that's happened to you hasn't like dulled your shine I think it's probably made you even stronger oh do you know I think though like with when I think back to old amber and the person i was i have always been sort of like a outgoing loud person whatever mm. but when people ask me like what's one thing like your you know your grief has ever taught you or given you whatever my grief has given me so much like confidence and that's not even in to yeah. be a way of um like don't give a fuck don't give a fuck mum died whatever it's a thing of I have now experienced that life is actually so precious and life is so short. Life is so short to not go out and live your best life and and do what the fuck you want to do. So um, if I want to start a podcast on grief, I'll fucking do it. If I want to go out and get pissed with my girls on the weekend, I've got work at 5am the next day, guess what? I'm going to do it. Because you know what? (laughs) If I die that day after... I'll be happy because just yeah. grab if anything my grief has taught me is to grab life by the fucking balls and just yeah and it's so cliche because it is there it is hard it's, it is very hard to you know every day grab life by the balls because unfortunately you know we all have jobs to adhere to we've got unfortunately boring admin life things uh-huh. to adhere to and stuff like that but those little gaps where you know you can do it and you can have a bit of fun you can have a laugh you can just be you just do it just fucking do it like i'm 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 not an indecisive person at all i know what i want and i'll do it um if it's going to make me happy it's going to make people in my life happy 
it's going to have a positive impact i'm all for it count me on bold i love that yeah baby (laughs) so what do you think then like what are the things that you've implemented in your life that you think have helped you the most speaking things into existence one hundred nice i've heard you talking about this on one of your episodes honest to god it's kind of like it's like manifestation right yeah manifestation it's it can go as deep as you want and stuff like that. Like there's there's books on it, there's everything on it and whatnot. But just speaking things into existence, like um I've seen things, you know, people speaking it to, into existence of like, you know, getting a job they want. I mean, I ain't got that fucking time for that, but um <laughs> but just even things as like getting up in the morning and saying, I'm not gonna let my grief consume me today and mm. telling yourself it out loud saying things out loud um it has a massive impact because it's almost if like when you just say it in your head like it's like you know it's just there in your head isn't it but if you say something out loud like you get up out of bed and go I'm gonna have a good day today because you've said it out loud it's almost if like your you know like your brain remembers that you said it and yeah um whereas if it's just a thought you know you have thousands of thoughts every day but you know if you say something it's like glue so say if your day is beginning to get a little bit shit or you're beginning to get in a rain mood you can be like now nah, this morning i said i'm gonna have a good day so i'm going to have a bloody good day <laughs> yeah <laughs> um just things like that speaking things into existence um more relating to grief um letting your grief be a part of you but not letting it define you um that's one thing that tries to live my grief is going to be here on my soul and my heart and my brain for the rest of my life and it is a part of me so if you don't like it you can bloody lump it um, <laughs> at the end of the day my grief isn't isn't in some ways a negative thing my grief has brought so much like positivity out of my life that um yeah. you know so if you said to somebody you know my grief is a part of me hon they're a bit like they might immediately think oh you're actually a bit you know depressing a bit sad no <laughs> actually <laughs> you're boring, you're you're around. boring whatever. <laughs> no actually my, my grief is gonna be a fucking fun bitch so you're not yeah not mine um because yeah like it, your grief it doesn't have to define you like you're not always going to be known as the girl or guy whoever whose mum dad brother cousin sister died um you will be you again you're not going to be the same you again no way like that person I truly believe they die with whoever died in your life um there's elements of that old person there but um the new person that is like sort of like reborn not to sound like hippie doodah but who is reborn after that is almost equally if not more amazing we are fantastic people I think at the end of the day like absolute legend a proper and like i don't even sound, care if i sound cocky and whatnot but like we are the bee's knees and um yeah <laughs> cards that we have been thrown and the messages i get from people and their stories and i see that they're still out living and thriving and just being their best being and i just think oh my god like nobody can fuck with you because you are the shit mm-hmm. like we have been through things that people only can imagine and um and we're still surviving and we're still doing amazing we're thriving we're thriving and there's people out there who are doing amazing things such as ourselves and the whole grief community <laughs> we are doing amazing yeah. things and um 
in the in the face of our own grief and our own sadness and whatnot we've gone no do you know what this doesn't have to be doom and gloom and there is actual positivity in grief because there really is and it's a very I know a lot of people may think how can there ever be positivity in grief but it's when you actually I was speaking this um last week with um and Harrod on my on my podcast and yeah. her, she was saying we was other we were saying it on the podcast or maybe after she said you know people only realize there's positivity in grief once you accept your grief yeah. until yeah. you if you don't accept it you are never going to see any sort of positivity in it and that's where for the last three years from June last year prior um that's where I was I thought there is no way that I can ever put a positive spin on my mum dying ever it was the worst thing that ever happened to me in my life and yeah without a doubt it still is but fuck's sake honey pull yourself out the gutter uh, it takes it takes time it does, like, it it, does. It and I think me and you are very lucky to have you know found um found that place quite relatively not I would say quickly but sooner than others because for some people yeah. it takes a lifetime it takes an absolute lifetime yeah. but um yeah 100% there is positivity in grief I don't think that I would have found it as quickly as I did if it weren't for creating this podcast mm. I think I commit to this podcast maybe a bit prematurely with it being quite you know pretty soon after my mum had died and I probably wasn't ready myself yet but I undertook such a journey from starting this podcast to working on myself to doing it all I feel like I've changed so much in the past year and I it's just I can see so much positivity which is amazing and it's even just from doing this and talking to people like you know that have been through something similar and are doing amazing mm. things like that in itself is a huge positive and you know like tonight I've obviously did that fundraiser yeah. and seeing the amount of people exactly. that, that support it you. impacts yeah like it's life is a blessing and I am so unbelievably grateful Literally, isn't it? and it's times like obviously doing what we do and I, I'm sure you have there's probably times where you you may doubt what you're doing whether it be like I don't know, likes, reviews and whatever. But there's definitely times where I have, I've Mm. just thought, is this really what people want? Like, do they want this? Am I just boring them and whatever? But (laughs) um, it's times like where, yeah, like when you're in a crisis or, you know, when you need these people to support you and you actually see how much, how much you're doing for them. And they're like, yeah, I'm going to back you. And you think, gives you that thing. Oh, Okay you've restored my faith in what I'm doing and you've given me that push. There's been so many times where I've been like, nah, do you know what? I'm just going to go off grid for like a week, two weeks, I don't know, whatever. And I just get like a message and it just restores my faith. And it sounds like, you know, media or whatever, like reassurance, whatever, but it's not. And um, I get a message from people just saying, you know, your voice and whatever just your podcast has just done so much for me I just think oh my fucking god yeah. like this is real and now like this is what I'm doing yeah. like and I cry and I'm like okay I'll carry on <laughs> I'm just like you're making oh. waves um, wave. I love it I absolutely adore it I love this bloody grief community yeah well massive thank you so 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 much for coming on to the podcast today like my heart is so full right now i'm going into tuesday night feeling good yes okay i'm I'm super grateful it has been lovely thank you for having me i'm really happy we've done this and honey you have to come on mine now 
Yes, please. Yeah, I'd love to. Thank you so much for listening to this week's podcast. As I said at the start, if you do want to get in touch with Amber, all of her details are in my show notes. I'm really looking forward to the next couple of weeks. I've got some amazing guests that I've already recorded with, so I can't wait to share all of those with you. As per usual, just remember that this isn't a healthcare provision. I am just talking to some amazing people. If you are struggling with your grief, please don't hesitate to reach out to a healthcare professional for help. Um, There are a lot of people out there that can give you some support. And there is a resources page on our website, which is in the show notes as well for any of you that may need that. Please do reach out on social media and let us know what you thought. Um, You can find the podcast on Instagram at DPC Podcast, on Facebook at Dead Parent Club and online at dpcpodcast.co.uk or drop us an email. All of our details are on there as well and you can find all of that information in the show notes. Also, if you really want us to use this platform to talk about something in particular that you've experienced, then reach out and let me know whether you want to come onto the podcast to to talk about it yourself or you just want me to have a discussion about it. I love to hear your feedback. I so hope that you found some comfort in this podcast and something that you resonate with and just something that makes you know that you're a little bit less alone in your experience and in your journey of young adult grief. Thank you so much, everybody. I hope you have a lovely week and I look forward to recording our next episode. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.